raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. To a attorney, firearms instructor, and the host of the Gun Guy Show here at 93 WIBC. Guy Relford joins us. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new used and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at pajewelers.com or at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg. So, Guy, what do we make of this shooting that took place at the big mega church in Houston, Joel Osteen's church? We're finding a lot of information out about uh, the shooter who is no longer with us, but television reports from Houston are saying this was an individual that identified as trans. There was some free Palestine uh, anti-Semitic propaganda also found here. Uh, just curious as to your perspective. Well, you know, my first thought was, you know, bringing it right back here to Indiana, which is um, thinking about how much resistance we got when we tried to pass the law that now is on the books. But um, in 2019, you know, we had a situation where uh, in Indiana, if a, if a church was located on the same property with a school or a licensed daycare, then that was all considered school property, and you couldn't carry your gun for um, self-defense or the, the defense of your family in a church. And we said, you know what? Churches are targets. A lot of crazy people want to target churches for whatever reason, um, and uh, or, or, or people with some kind of, of uh, religious message they want to deliver are going to target you simply be, because of the way you worship. And we got to be able to defend ourselves in churches. And, and we got that passed. And, and looking back on that, we, we literally changed the law in Indiana so as to allow people to defend themselves in churches. And when this thing unfolded, and, and there's so much to talk about, and it's going to be fascinating to see what the media does with it now that some of these additional details that you just went through, Jason, come out, um, and, and, and I would guess they're, they're going to start ignoring it. But my first thought was, man, I'm so glad I have now the ability in Indiana to defend myself and my family when I go to worship. Yeah, and it seemed like, I'm sorry, Hammer, but it just it seemed like the guys that put the shooter down, I don't know if they were working for the church. A lot of these, uh, because they were under, they were off-duty officers, right? Well, that's exactly what I read, um, Nigel, and and that was that these were off-duty police officers working uh, security for the church. And but it's interesting because they were off-duty. They were they were just there because you know. And the law has changed in Texas, by the way, with the number of Texas church shootings that they've had, and that's now legal. But the fact that they were there, and it's being reported as, well, police officers on the scene um, responded, well, these were off-duty police officers that were working as security for the church. And, and I think that's important because 
we have security teams now in a lot of churches yes. around the state. I know because I've trained um, several of them, and uh, and 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 I'm, thank God that they're there because these things do happen. They happen all over the country. They they've been happening for for years, and I'm I'm just so glad people have the capacity to defend themselves. One more thing on this story, and then we'll move on here. But earlier in the show, we laid out a long list of recent mass shootings or attempted shootings at churches and schools and things of that nature where the shooter identified either as trans, non-binary, something along those lines. As somebody that is an advocate for uh, guns, 2A, the right to bear arms, where does this conversation need to go? Because the folks who are anti-gun are going to point and yell, it's the gun, it's the gun, it's the gun. But it seems like there's more going on here with some of these folks, maybe the chemicals they're putting into their body, mental health. Like, how do we get somewhere where we can have positive conversations where everybody can sit down and understand what's going on? Is that even possible? Well, whether it's possible, um, you know, I would hope so. It's probably naive to think that it that it is possible, but but you would hope so. But I think there's a couple of issues. First of all, the law-abiding citizen has to have the capacity to defend themselves against whatever kind of threat is out there, because we know there are people with mental health issues. We know there are criminals. We know there are terrorists. We know there are people out there that would do us harm, so we have to have the capacity to defend ourselves. As to those people out there that would do us harm, I think we need to first focus on prevention, that is, identification of those potential threats, and, and, and getting them help or getting them arrested if they've committed crimes, but, but, but separating those people or at least being able to identify them and, and, and interrupt that threat before it occurs. And we're so bad at that. Um, but, but, hey, I, I, listen, I think if, if, if you're one particular gender and you just decide you're going to tell the world you're the, a different gender, there's very potentially a mental health issue involved there. Um, that, you know, that's not a big topic for me that's something not something i discuss a lot but but could that flow over in, in other forms of mental illness or other expressions of mental illness to where now people want to um act uh, in a way that endangers others or intentionally go out and try to hurt others to deliver some kind of a message which always boggles my mind i mean what do you really think you accomplish with some kind of a terroristic activity where you you show up and you and you hurt innocent people in a school or a church or anywhere else i'm not sure how that that somehow furthers your agenda that's never made any sense to me um but but hey if we can identify these people we can get them some help um or, or arrest them when they where they've committed crimes i think that's where the focus ought to be but in the meantime you don't look at that situation and say i know the solution to this is to not allow law-abiding citizens to defend themselves. And for some reason, whatever the reason is, the liberals out there, they always react that way. And we always say whenever a mass shooting occurs, liberals want to run out and punish everyone who didn't do it. Right. And that's exactly the response you get over and over again. That's what I think we have to have the uh, intestinal fortitude uh, and legislatures constituted in such a ways that are willing to stand up to that and say, no, this person with mental health issues and want to go out and hurt people, we're not going to take that situation and use it to take rights away from law-abiding citizens. Guy Relford joining us. It's Monday, gun day here on the Hammer and Nigel show. What's this 
thing that Chuck Schumer is trying to renew the undetectable firearms act of 1988 and not only that but major sports teams like the nfl and the nba hammer are all behind this push for more gun control aren't they guy well uh, yeah they absolutely are but i always chuckle a little bit when this bill comes up because what it is it's one of these bills with a sunset provision so unless it's renewed by congress then it, it expires and um, this has been around since 1988. And I, the reason I chuckle about it is it's the Undetectable Firearms Act, meaning it's illegal to have a gun that doesn't um, set off a metal detector. And and the reason it was passed originally, and this is why I chuckle, is because when when the Glock handguns first um, started get, getting introduced here in uh, in the United States, the Glock has a polymer lower. The, the grip on the gun uh, is made of polymer, and that was a new thing when the Glocks came out in the 80s. And and the rumor began, and, and Congress actually heard this, that Glocks were somehow undetectable handguns that wouldn't show up in a metal detector or an x-ray machine. And it's a total fallacy. I mean, they've got a metal slide, they've got a metal barrel, they've got all kinds of metal components in them that would, would set off any any metal detector on the planet, but Congress went, egads, we've got undetectable firearms, we must, um, we must uh, outlaw these, and that's why they passed that. It was the motivation to pass that in 1988. Since that time, it's come up and said, should we renew this, should we renew that? What's interesting is all the articles out there talking about the need to renew these, they're all talking about ghost guns, and you'll see statistics. Well, we, we find these, these unregistered firearms that people have made at home by assembling parts, and, 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 and because of this, we need to renew this act. It's really two separate issues. Um, I can buy the components, on, on, and it's been legal. The ATF says it's illegal. It's legal, rather. Uh, state law says it's legal. I can buy components and build a gun myself at home. There's nothing illegal about that. But then people combine that issue with the fact that there are there are these 3D printers where people can construct guns and, and actually manufacture the parts. And they're conflating those two issues, saying, well, people are going to build guns at home that don't show up on metal detectors. And is that possible? I suppose it's not a gun I would want to have in my hand when it goes off, um, to the extent it's made out of plastic or some other components. Um, it, it, it's not a viable technology, but they use it. They use the hysteria around this to say, "Oh my gosh, we need to run out and renew this." And listen, it doesn't cause me a lot of heartburn if they want to renew this this bill, uh, this this law that's been around since 1988, because there there aren't many of us that want to own a gun that is so likely dangerous um, because it's not made of metal or have the necessary metal components in it um, to where it also wouldn't set off a metal detector. But I just always kind of laugh about the hysteria that that arises out of this because it, it, it really comes from a basic misunderstanding of firearms technology. Guy, we got about a minute left here, but I wanted to reset something we talked about on Friday when Nige was out. The state of Hawaii is claiming that their spirit of aloha, which they have in their state, overrules the Second Amendment. What? Walk us through this briefly. Yeah, I, I know we don't have much time, but um, there, there was a, a, a case out there that went to the Hawaii Supreme Court where um, 
a, a guy who got arrested for not having the appropriate licenses that that you you have to have in Hawaii in order to carry a gun outside the home and said listen there's supreme court precedent that said this is all unconstitutional and he was completely absolutely right and the, but the supreme court of Hawaii came out in this opinion just came out last Wednesday it came out and it said well, you know what? The Supreme Court's just wrong on its rulings on the Second Amendment. That it's coming in all the cases that you guys and I have been talking about, like the Bruin case, the Heller case from 2008. This Hawaii Supreme Court just said that's just flat wrong. The Supreme Court got it wrong, so we're going to ignore it. And on top of that, um, we have this this uh, spirit of aloha that uh, our law is based on here in Hawaii, which basically. Again, aloha can mean hello or goodbye, but it also also means love. That we all walk around with love in our hearts, and uh, and we think it's inconsistent to walk around with love in your heart in Hawaii with also carrying a firearm um, that can you know create mayhem and destruction in the in uh, out there in, in in society. And and on that basis, the spirit of aloha actually overrules the Second Amendment. They just completely thumb their nose at the Supreme Court, and even though the Supreme Court absolutely has authority on these federal issues under the Second Amendment over the Hawaii Supreme Court. Supreme Court just gave them the big, excuse me, the Hawaii Supreme Court just gave them the big middle finger and are basically daring the Supreme Court to take the case and overturn them, which they will do, unquestionably will do. This is just the, the Hawaii court giving the middle finger to the Supreme Court saying, we know you're going to overrule us, uh, but in the meantime, we think you're wrong on these issues. Where can we continue the conversation? Where can we find you if we want to hire you? Where can we go, Guy? Um, website is uh, relfordlaw.com. is the best way to contact me at relfordlaw.com. Guy, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.